Yes, Hi there, we're tripping through TikTok. After delivering. What do you mean? Potty mouth. Oh, actually, this what is you, real. What do you mean that's not a thing? It's perfect. Is it really? Okay. It's a really. Really, two things. First, never surrender to the idea that there isn't a knowable truth. You can like rain. I may, I may dislike rain, but it's not raining in this room while you and I are speaking. That's an objective truth. So don't surrender to the notion that things are unknowable. And second, have some sense of empathy in a way for those people who are trapped in the big lies. It's in some ways impossible for Trump supporters to look at that indictment and accept it, because we require them not just to recognize something about Trump, but maybe more importantly about themselves. Yeah, I can feel your pain. It's going to suck when you're going to admit, really oh, man, I would do. We're going back to your rain thing. It's not just whether it's raining or it Anthony isn't raining. Christ. They get to vote for rain, right? And they get to vote again for rain, Trump, based on what he is now telling them. Sure. And I, I don't doubt them. I'm not an expert, but I don't doubt the poll numbers. I think a significant number of people are trapped in that fog of lies that Trump has drawn them into. He's not a bright man, but he has a reptilian cleverness. He's he's onto something when he said long ago that he could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and not lose supporters, because it's too hard for supporters to admit that about themselves. I mean, I've prosecuted fraud cases where the victims came to the sentencing to speak for the fraudster because they couldn't acknowledge that they had been victims, that they really two things. First, never surrender to the idea that there isn't a knowable truth. Right? You can like rain, I may, I may dislike rain, but it's not raining in this room while you and I are speaking. That's an objective truth. And so don't surrender to the notion that things are unknowable. And second, have some sense of empathy in a way for those people who are trapped in the big lies. It's in some ways impossible for Trump supporters to look at that indictment and accept it because it would require them not just to recognize something about Trump, but maybe more importantly about themselves. That they were fooled, that they were victims of a fraud, and that's really hard for people to do. But going yeah, back to your rain thing, victims. it's not just whether it's rainy or it isn't raining. Me too. They get to vote for, for rain. I was right? voted for him. And they get I to vote to. again no. for rain, Trump, based on what he is now telling them. Sure. And I, I don't doubt the, I'm not an expert, but I don't doubt the poll numbers. I think a significant number of people are trapped in that fog of lies that Trump has drawn them into. And he's hes not a bright man, but he has a reptilian cleverness. He's, he's onto something when he said long ago that he could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and not lose supporters because it's too hard for supporters to admit that about themselves. I mean, I've prosecuted fraud cases where the victims... Yeah came to the sentencing to speak for the fraudster because they acknowledge that they had been victims that they really two things first never surrender to the idea that there isn't a knowable truth but you can like rain i may i may dislike rain but it's not raining in this room while you and i are speaking that's an objective truth and so don't surrender to, really two things first never surrender to If it's any consolation, comma, Trump supporters, comma, I almost voted for Trump. If I had to vote, I would have voted.
Trump 2016! Exclamation point. I was duped too. It's okay to admit you were wrong. You were gullible. That's not your fault. That's Trump's fault for manipulating and lying to you like that. I said, if it's any consolation, Trump supporters, I almost voted Trump. If I had to vote, I would have voted Trump. Fucking both shitty candidates. What about a Trump 2016? I was duped too. It's okay to admit you were wrong. You were gullible. It's not your fault. It's Trump's fault. Being so fucking evil. It's Trump's fault. For manipulating and lying to you like that. How do you add another? Um... Dear Trump Humper, comma. You believed he was a good person and he turned out to be the Antichrist! Exclamation point. Hashtag blame Trump. He is a trickster of epic proportions. It was Trump who lied to you 50,000 times. Dear Trump Humper, you believed he was a good person and turn, he turned out to be the Antichrist. Hey man, shit happens. Hey man, shit happens. Everybody's been duped before, almost everybody, I guess. Blame Trump. He is a consummate trickster. Consummate, comma, evil. Don't forget it. Okay. Um, you know it's freezing on me. So maybe we'll thanks for two oh five K. Shout outs K A M P State and Ready. Trump conspirator secret shadow government in exile. Michael Popak, legal AF. You know where enablers for Donald Trump go to bide their time until they somehow get back into power? If he were to overcome all of the indictments and criminal convictions and return to the White House, they go to phony think tanks. One in particular I want you to remember the name of is Center for Renewing America. It sounds innocent, 
sounds innocuous, but based on new reporting by the New York Times, John Swan, Charles Savage, Maggie Haberman, it is where all of the worst enablers who, who pandered to Donald Trump's worst instincts have gone to set up basically a shadow government to come back into the executive branch should the unthinkable happen. Particularly, who's on staff there? And then I'm going to tell you about their policies that Donald Trump is promoting to do a wholesale takeover of the executive branch, get rid of all the independent agencies that exist, from the Department of Justice to the Federal Trade Commission to the Securities and Exchange Commission, to the Internal Revenue Service, every agency that Donald Trump doesn't like because he's been the subject of their investigations, he's going to get rid of and collapse into one unitary presidency should he ever take office. A Leviathan he's never seen before. Blowing through all the all of the independence who are you that holding these agencies accountable? have enjoyed for the good reason. The guy is an alleged and acknowledged liar and indicted, and you protect him every day. Don't lecture us with your Richard projection Nixon. and your defense and of Donald Trump. That's not good enough. It's him getting rid of Donald Trump and Goldman. his family, who are small and I yield who are basically a shadow government in waiting, in exile. Uh, for good measure, they're also going to try to impound money and use the presidential pen to eliminate funding for agencies, policies, and other social programs that they don't like. Again, something that the legislation, Congress, was strong enough to push back against, against an out-of-control Richard Nixon before he was impeached. Let's focus on the Center for Renewing America, and let's look at who's sitting over there. It's eye-popping. One, we have, well, it's headed, it's headed by Trump's former a director of the Office of Management and Budget, um, and we're going to put him up there next. That guy, um, who is that former head, uh, he founded this organization. Who would be approved of Donald Trump? Russell. Who are you Voigt. holding accountable? Russell Voigt is leading the charge, and he's joined by, let's start, in no particular order, of heinousness, John McEntee. John McEntee has been called by the Atlantic magazine as being the enabler for Donald Trump's worst We will hold members accountable. You are the party of George Santos. To remove people, Who are you especially holding accountable? in that critical November, the guy is December, an alleged January, and acknowledged liar and indicted, uh, and you protect him every day. December, Don't January, lecture us with your projection and your right? defense to of Donald Trump. People that were disloyal it's to Donald Trump and it's beneath you, and it's beneath the One of my colleagues says, we will hold the head of presidential personnel. That code word for, he will fire you if Donald Trump didn't like you. Right? That's how Chris Krebs, the director of cybersecurity, who declared that the elections were fair and that the integrity of the election process should not be challenged, fired. Jack Smith is focusing on John McEntee. In fact, he's had to testify before the grand jury without any immunity protection, and he's not a lawyer, so without privilege, he's already testified to the grand jury. In fact, most of the people I'm going to tell you are on the staff of this exile government in waiting, you know, it are all either in the crosshairs of Jan 6 as targets, as subjects, or have already testified 
for Jack Smith to a grand jury. Started with John McEntee. Let's go to Jeff Clark. Jeff Clark Please was almost the Attorney General of the of United States. And he was G going to write, because he wrote this on DOJ letterhead, letters to the, ba the battleground states telling them that the Department of Just Justice, this is all false, believed there was fraud in the election and wanted to put pressure on the states. This is when Donald Trump, as part of his toolbox to stay in power, was going to use the Department of Justice and his hand-picked Attorney General, Jeff Clark. A former environmental lawyer who had no service. business getting Excellent anywhere near speech. the top of the Department of Justice. The, Jeff Clark was was going to write those letters to try to throw sand in the gears of democracy one state at a time. Jack Smith is interested in Jeff Clark as a target, as a criminal defendant. He's on the staff of Center for uh, Renewing America. Cash Patel. Cash Patel is not only a subject and a target of Jack Smith's criminal investigation, when he and he's formerly the, uh, a, dep a deputy assistant to the president, but he's also already testified having asserted the Fifth Amendment and was given a limited immunity uh, uh, so he wouldn't be prosecuted to testify against Donald Trump. He's on the staff morning, uh, and a fellow of the Center for Renewing America. Ken Cuccinelli, who Jack Smith is very interested in and had him testify because he was the acting director of Homeland Securities when Donald Trump on December the 18th met with Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, um, uh, and um, Mike Flynn to talk about suspending the Constitution imposing martial law and seizing election equipment. And Ken Cuccinelli testified that uh, he told the president he can't do that. He can't seize the election equipment in December and try to stay in power under some trumped up idea of the big lie, with Sidney Powell appointed as a special counsel to do that investigation. So we've got um, Ken Cuccinelli sitting there, Jeff Clark, Cash Patel, and if you look at that website, that rogues gallery of people who are in the crosshairs of Jack Smith's prosecution. But if they ever somehow escape them, run the table of all of prosecutions and end up back in power, they are going to dismantle all the independent agencies of the federal government, the FTC, the CFCC, the IRS, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Department of Justice, the FBI, the State Department, and all the intelligence agencies. They're going to put lackeys in each of those positions Accountable. And you are the party of George Santos, Emperor Donald Trump. <laughs> Who are you right? holding accountable? This is what do. The guy this is, is an Donald alleged and acknowledged and liar and you indicted, and you protect him every ball, day. Don't lecture us to use America and renewal in the title of the state tank. And it's but you're really just against the American people. Chelsea, what are your reflections? They'll also, if they ever get back in, or to paraphrase John McEntee, again, he's been referred to as the head of the Gestapo for Stasi for Donald Trump. John McEntee has also said that this will be a fundamental reordering of the civil service process and the executive branch and agencies, unlike anything we've ever seen since FDR. Because in their world, are there for a reason. They're there to implement liberal bad word, so, little L liberal 
policies and procedures, and they're not there for the conservative. When you have families, you have physicians,
pull it all together. And that isn't up for debate. And so we knowingly have moved forward because we haven't gone back. Like we're in 2023. Like we have moved forward to again a time in which we are making women more vulnerable because of a very extreme, narrowly rendered view of Christian white Chelsea, what are your reflections one year after Roe? I'm really angry. And I am... And that is an uncomfortable place to be um, because of the historical women tropes that so often have been used to kind of silence and diminish kind of women and our voices, not only in this country, you know, but throughout human history. Um, but I'm really angry uh, because we know, um, we know that women have died. And so it shouldn't matter that we don't yet have a federal registry. When you have families and you have physicians and you have midwives saying, you know, this woman died because she was four days into sepsis because someone still judged that her fetus might be viable and so they were worried about providing medically indicated necessary Afghanistan. Like that isn't up for debate. And so we knowingly Chelsea, what are your reflections one year after Roe? I'm really angry finally she speaks up about something exclamation point i knew her at oxford and i was very frustrated that she refused to say anything about america's illegal war of aggression and invasion of afghanistan federal registry mm. when you have families and you have physicians and you have midwives saying you know, this woman died because she was four days in tricky business being what's called a conservative meaning a right-wing you know the right-wing extremists your policies have to be to enrich and empower a tiny sector of the population and harm everyone else but at the same time you have to gain popular support that's a tricky operation Majority 54, our charges imminent in front of the Again, this time over the January 6th insurrection. Heard of it? I don't want anyone to forget that Trump is actually in more legal jeopardy because of a bill that he signed to try to hurt Hillary. That's right. Back in 2018, Trump signed into law a new national security bill that upgraded the mishandling of classified materials from a misdemeanor to a felony and upgraded the prison sentence from one year to five years. Here, this is him signing that very law. He also used 
used that law to attack journalists whom he accused of leaking classified information. After leading all those chants of lock her up, lock her up, that this might be the very bill that puts him in prison? <laughs> He's pretty delicious. As we all wait for Jack Smith's indictments to come, I don't want anyone to forget that Trump is actually in more legal jeopardy because of a bill that he signed to trigger from Hillary. That's right. Back in 2018, Trump signed into law a new national security bill that upgraded the mishandling of classified materials from a misdemeanor to a felony and upgraded the prison sentence from one year to five years. Here, this is him signing that very law. He also used that law to attack journalists who he accused of leaking classified information. After leading all those chants of lock her up, lock her up, that this might be the very bill that puts him in prison? Speculation here about what exactly Trump is going to be charged. for Jack Smith's indictments to come. I don't want anyone to forget that Trump is actually in more legal jeopardy because of a bill that he signed to try to obstruct Congress's session to certify the results in 2020. And under Section 15C of Title 18 of the U.S. Code, that would be a crime punishable up to 20 years in prison. That is Remember the law that prosecutors used a lot of the January 6th defendants. Obviously, the difference between them and Trump is that Trump is not physically present, so it would be a different kind of case. Of but that's documents. not the only crime here. You know, there's other crimes like uh, wire fraud. Uh, and speculation here is that Trump could be uh, in the crosshairs over As we all wait for Jack Smith's insurance uh, raising absurd. money and most of these players don't even work full time, yet they expect to be paid and receive benefits as if they did. Every time you release your music without a solid marketing plan, you're missing a huge opportunity not only to grow a fan base with that song, but to make a project at the same time. Here's three things you need to know. One, how to find new fans of your music on a consistent basis. Two, how to use systems and software so that you can systematize the process and scale it up. Three, how to build in offers and monetization so that you can turn a profit as you grow your fan base. So there's obviously a lot to unpack there, but that's why we're holding a workshop that goes through the details of exactly how you can do this. Not only will you save $97 by taking your advantage of the free ticket that we're offering right now, but you may also get an opportunity to meet with one of our coaches one-on-one for a free strategy session. So if you have good music recorded and you're ready to share it with the world, nothing to lose. Or another Republican. So I'm going to still go with New York. I think you're wrong. Like, I think it's a yeah. weaker case, but still so part of there. Well, it's such a crazy thing to be doing is to, to rank the indictments of the former president who is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. Uh, I just want to step back for a second and be like, you know, I don't just, I know there are a lot of people who were like, these guys will never be held accountable, and I'm sure a lot of people still feel that way. But I don't even just go back to January 6th or to 2016 and the Russia stuff. I go back further, and it's like ever since the 2008 financial crisis, I have felt like it's this sort of futile effort to try and hold the most powerful people accountable for stuff in America. And I think a lot of people have felt that way. And then Jack Smith came along, and he was, I'm not saying he's holding people accountable for the 2008 financial collapse, I'm just saying, you know, it's just felt like 
the people who are really behind what happened in the first place don't get held accountable. And then Jack Smith came along and he's like, oh, so I'm the special prosecutor? All right, I'm going to special prosecute. Like, he's, he's not messing around, man. He's just like, oh, well, there's crimes? I'll prosecute the crimes, and I'll prosecute the people who did the crimes. Hey, what's going on? This is Michael from Modern Musician. And I wanted to record this video to walk through the next step. It's going to be the master class from live training. And give you a bit of a sneak peek in terms of what you can store for. So really, the main purpose of the master class, the promise, is that we're going to show you from start to finish how do you find the right fans for most likely to resonate with your music build an authentic relationship with them and offer them something that they find valuable so that you can make an income with your music. There's so much music right now and it's so amazing that we can go to the internet and press a couple buttons and music in front of potentially billions of people on social media on the internet. At the same time, even though it's amazing and blessing, it's also more challenging than ever because there's so much content, there's so much music, we have to figure out how to cut through the noise. So we're going to walk through this what's your advice for content, how can you present that? Right. So you can attract yeah. the right people who are going to resonate with you. And then we're going to talk about it how to reach it and connect with the right fans who are most likely to actually resonate yeah, with your songs. And I, I think this is and we're going to three most powerful strategies that we see working right now for musicians to be able to grow an audience from scratch and to be able to build an engaged fan base. As much as the documents three of them that we see the best results right now with all this building your fan base fire. And from there, the third step is to figure out how do you make it sustainable. How do you continue to be able to invest more time in your music without having to rely on a day job or another source of income in order to pay the bills. There are many things so we're going to walk through how to build a profitable digital marketing funnel that's designed to connect with those new fans that are coming in, build, build a relationship with them, and provide value in exchange for money. So we're going to walk through the four main offers that we see getting the best results right now for musicians so you can make sustainable income with your music. We're going to walk through the math of how these funnels work, why fan funnels are the most important profitable you know, sort of way that you can build your fan with automated email sequences, with automated ad campaigns. So the bottom line is you're in for a treat, it's going to be awesome. And that kind of brings us to as well, a very cool software that I wanted to share with you, which is what we're calling Artist AI. We fine-tune a model specifically for you as a musician, so you can think about it like your personal music or assistant. This is a specific version that we've crafted to humorously try to enroll you into our sweet team software. We can get here with us. Now this is a song that needs to be written. This is what Misty right now in society. Maybe I want to write there won't be as much like media coverage. And she rightfully is like, do you really think there'll be less media coverage after the election? When we know that what they're really saying is this should be done after the election so that he can get elected president and pardon himself and we never have to have this case. Right. It depends on what... You know, but they can't say that. 
Yeah, it depends on what who if you'd I, like to I, gain can access really to Screen Team and Artist AI, then I would recommend coming below here, click on this button, and, 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 and basically how the Masterclass works is reputation. our goal is to walk you through how you can launch a profitable marketing campaign using Screen Team and Artist AI. To do that, we're going to give you 30 days of free access to the software completely for free, so you can try it out, you can prove it for yourself, you can take your coding career to the next level. And if, you know, for any reason you decide that you don't like me or you don't like my, I want to be Judge Judy, I want to be like in the center of the cell, I want to be a famous but you're basically going to have 30 days to be able to prove it to yourself. And our goal is to get you quick results through the master class, so that 30 days from now, everyone will give you music career for your entire life, for your entire music career. And that's why we built it, we think it's the most important tool that you're going to have to empower you to be able to I'm just a person who was you can be the judge of that. You want to give me 30 days completely for free to test it out. But I would highly recommend to grab it before the event because, one, the masterclass is all, we're going to walk you through step by step how to use it, how to launch a campaign. And so you need to have access to the software in order to launch a campaign using it. So I would recommend getting the trial. The least of which might be history remembering the trial. For example, leading up to the masterclass, we're accepting submissions where you can share. Right. Why, so why you should be selected or chosen as a featured artist during the master class because we're actually going to choose a handful of artists to bring on live, quote unquote, bring you on stage to be able to work with you specifically the, you know, with sort of Street Team with Artist AI so like we can launch your like campaign to together. And so if you'd like the opportunity to be selected for that live on-stage experience for us to be able to launch your campaign step-by-step together, then you'll want to grab access to the free trial for Street Team so you can launch. And I can't wait to see you on the live masterclass. But he... Um, I don't know how he got that Trump pointy. I mean, he, he was a Republican, but I, I never saw him as a particularly partisan guy. But that would have been really fascinating to see him. Like, imagine somebody like my age, like, just, like, presiding over this case. Well, isn't that, I don't think Aileen Cannon is that old. Oh, yeah? Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess it just trumped us up to, like, I don't know a lot about her at all. Also, yeah. what, you and I are not as young as we I do. know, I knew this was coming. <laughs> I knew this was coming. You just turned 40, brother. Like, uh, this is the age... We're no longer... <laughs> The youngest people doing the things we're doing. Like, there are lots of podcasters not in their 40s, for instance. I went there are to lots of people doing other things we're doing. Not in when their I 40s. was in Italy, the guy who owned my airport. I believe, by the way, that you and I are both the oldest people at our respective offices. Uh, where we were. You mean like, yeah, yeah, that is for sure where I am, yeah. See? It, Weird. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Back to what you were saying. Uh, age is just the story, just But the, the, yeah. the, the Airbnb I was saying in Italy, this kid, this 24-year-old kid who's, you know, kind of a, he's a trash talker. We're talking trash about tennis. He's like, how old are you anyway? I was like, I'm 40. He was like, you're 40? He was like, that's effing old, is what he said to me. Very, very, very forward of him. Uh, okay, so back to this case. The related case drops in Michigan. Now, there's a lot of activity here. I think almost we should start our own court TV here, which I know the, the, the Midas guys are basically doing in their network. But the Michigan Attorney General, Dana Nessel, I don't know, I imagine you might know her, on Tuesday brought federal felony charges against 16 participants in the fake election scheme uh, to illegally deliver the state to Donald Trump in 2020. You as the Secretary of State here, uh, former Secretary of State, Explain exactly what's going on here with fake electors. Like, how, what were they trying to do here? 
I don't fully understand it, but I, you know, basically the whole like concept of electors is this leftover deal from back when they were like, we're not going to let the mob elect. It's you know pre, um, pre popular vote, right? So mm-hmm. one of the crazy things about our electoral system is that rather than really change the whole thing to make it make sense, we just as we went along and we found reforms, we just tried to fit them into the way that the Constitution set it up in the first place, mm-hmm. right? So that's why technically, you know, you vote for president in your state, and you know, popular vote carries it, and the electors, it's just a ceremonial thing. They go and they cast their votes. This was like, no, we're going to say that the state legislature, I think this was like, this was going to make the state legislature pick these people instead. Because technically, if I recall correctly, the state legislature uh, certifies who the electors actually are, because I, I think I remember that from when I was in the state legislature. And so I guess the idea was that these these fools thought they were like the founding fathers. They were like meeting in the basement of the Republican headquarters in, in Michigan, and uh, they were going to just submit them instead, and then they were going to vote, like they were going to file the official paperwork for the Electoral College from Michigan and go for Trump uh, instead of for Biden. And what I wonder is, did these did these goofballs really understand that? Like, yes, they understood that they were trying to subvert uh, the vote of the people in an election, but did they understand that what they were doing was not, like, civil disobedience? Was, like, that it was, like, really, it could really happen? Or did they think that this was, like, tantamount to protest? Like, I, I, I just genuinely, I'm not excusing it, I just genuinely wonder if the actual cogs in the wheel, uh, not the people who are orchestrating it, but the actual people signing their name to it, if they understood. Well, there, there is some evidence that some of them did, because in one of the articles I was reading, one of the more prominent members of this group told a reporter right after the election that, hey, like, as much as I would like to, you know, intervene here, you know, I legally don't have the authority to do so. <laughs> so it seemed to know. And, you know, and these are not, like, lowly people, some of them. And this includes the former Michigan GOP co-chair, um, Sean Maddock. Kathy Burton, who's a member of the RNC. Uh, there's like a Mona McDaniel ally. I think that might be the McDaniel ally. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like these are, a lot of these are serious or like more prominent. Yeah. More I guess. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like the, the level of activism of people who are like on the state committee usually. Like they're activists, but they're like, I'm in politics. You know what I mean? Uh, so I guess, I guess not. I mean, I think. Look, I, all of these people are participating in a genuine attempted coup. I just yeah. sometimes wonder if they are tantamount to the people who went inside the Capitol versus the people who sent them inside the Capitol. It, it's weird. Like, it doesn't matter, I guess. I almost think in some ways some of these people are worse. Uh, because they're, at least, you know, it's, it's a lot of those people who showed up at the Capitol were deranged people who were manipulated, whereas I think some of these people are yeah. manipulators. And... This is pretty serious. So they're charged with eight counts, each of them, related to forgery and conspiracy to commit forgery. And each felony charge, each one, carries prison time ranging from five to fourteen So they get convicted here. They could be going away for a while. And notably, this is a state charge. So once again, mm-hmm. uh, at, at least the president cannot hold it up, which is critical. So all of that is going on, Jason. Um, Maybe let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the uh, very fascinating candidacy of RFK Jr. Um, he, uh, 
he had a video, I think, specifically for you. It's a message for you, Jason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about fundraising numbers when we come back. We'll talk about the writer's strike. All of that when we return. So our next partner is one that is familiar to a lot of longtime listeners, and that's AG1, which is the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. And I drink it every day. I just got back from two weeks away, and I brought their travel packs with me because I wanted to make sure that uh, I didn't miss out on that key part of my routine every single day when I wake up before I have any coffee or anything else. Pour myself a glass of water, and I mix in one scoop of athletic greens, and that just basically sets me on the right course for the rest of the day. I need a ton of complicated supplements because AG1 basically has everything that you need to be healthy. And just one serving, so that one scoop every single morning, gives me 75 high-quality vitamins, probiotics, whole food source ingredients, and I can't think of anything that's more important to my daily routine than that, save for probably getting a good night's rest. You know me very well, of course I've checked it. Video of the remarks about Jews and the Chinese and COVID from RFK Jr. And we need to talk about bioweapons. Well, I know a lot now about bioweapons because I've been doing a book on it for the past two and a half years. And, um, uh, and you know, the, the, what we, the technology that we now have, all of these micro, we have been hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese don't the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there's an argument that it is ethnically COVID-19 attacks certain races um, disproportionately. The, uh, the, the, the races that are most immune to COVID-19 are because of the, of the structure of the, uh, the genetic structure of the genetic differentials among different races of the, um, of the receptors of the ACE2 receptor. Um, COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and, uh, and, uh, and uh, black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and, uh, and Chinese. And, but uh, we don't know if it was deliberately targeted that or not, but there are papers out there that show the, you know, the, uh, the racial and ethnic <laughs> impact of that. We do know that the Chinese are spending hundreds of millions of dollars developing ethnic bioweapons. We are developing ethnic bioweapons. That's where all those labs in the Ukraine are about. They're collecting Russian DNA. They're collecting Chinese DNA. So we can target people by race. Okay, there's a lot there. If you had trouble with the audio, where what did he get his information? Jr. That's what I want to know. Is that uh, there are bioweapons being developed that target people ethnically, so that certain ethnicities will be immune to those bioweapons, and certain ethnicities will be harmed by those bioweapons, and that COVID-19 specifically is most harmful to white people and black people, but the immunity is highest among Jews and Chinese people. And then he keeps going, and he's like, I mean, the audio was bad enough, I'm going to paraphrase. He keeps going, and he says uh, that uh, there are all these labs in Ukraine that are collecting Russian DNA so that the United States can make bioweapons that only target Russians, which is 
interesting because I just don't think that their DNA is that different. I mean, they're white people. I, it's quite confusing. Um, Which is it straight out of actually RT propaganda. Like, that's a straight up Russian it, propaganda. Is it? It sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, that's what they've been spreading. Now, I, I want to say one thing at the outset that I'm offended as an Indian person. If there's, any, if there's any group of people who have the capability to engineer a bioweapon to save their own people, you go to any lab out there, we have bioengineering and medicine orders. And I, I said this before when Kanye was talking about doctors, talking about Jewish doctors, and I'm sorry, Jason. Like, look, I, 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 I have a lot of respect for your people, but you can't have medicine. I'm sorry, if we get medicine, if we get bioengineering, you know, like 33% of the doctors I see on a regular basis are Indian, and 0% are Jewish, so I don't based on that sample. Well, also, I feel like, man, it's not my place to make it, but there's a joke in there about, like, Indian food being really spicy in some sort of immunity situation, I don't know. But, like, see, no, there's not a joke there. Well, I don't really, I'm the last person to ask, I've had probably less Indian food in my life than you have. <laughs> it's true, well, anyway. Okay, so in the anecdote I was telling, I went ahead and just sent this headline, like a screenshot of this headline, and the person was like, okay, you're right, okay, yes, he's that's not good. Um, and what I, what's most persuasive to me here, I don't remember where, I feel like maybe there's an article in the Atlantic, I, I wish I could, I remember if I could credit it, is that somebody made a really excellent case for the idea that that it's not that RFK Jr. is uh, an anti-Semite by nature, like because he he has he doesn't have a history of anti-Semitism, right? Um, he doesn't really even have a history of bigotry and racism, to my knowledge, right? Because there's the anti sort of the xenophobia contained in, in yeah, the he has some crazy anti-Semitism. things involving Jews before, but I'm not sure it was out of a place of anti-Semitism. Oh, so see, I didn't even know about that. Here's one thing he said, and his wife had to apologize for this comment, by the way. She called it reprehensible and offensive. This is what he said about COVID. He said, even in Hitler's Germany, you can cross the Alps of Switzerland, you could hide in an attic like Hans Frank did. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I don't think that's, that's a silly anti-Semitism. It's like an exaggeration. Just a dumb thing <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. 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 Well, he's done plenty of that. Yeah. Uh, golly. Okay, so, I mean, it's been like, well, at least Anne Frank had, like, did you finish the book? Like, okay, so, anyway, um, what somebody, somebody made the case that the thing is, is that if you go deep enough into the world of conspiracy theory, it inevitably all leads to one place, and that's anti-Semitism. That was the point that somebody was making, is that, is that one way or another, um, every single conspiracy theory tends to make its way to this idea of there being this very, very, uh, you know, small and yet very powerful group of people who control everything. And nine times out of ten, somebody just explains that away with the Jews. And and so with the point they were making, and it doesn't excuse R.P. Jr., but the point they were making is that, like, is that sometimes anti-Semitism is just the product of people going too deep on conspiracy theorism and finding themselves... Uh, in anti-Semitism land, and not realizing how they got there, and uh, and that's what seems to have happened with our with our RFK son, which is really sad. His whole family uh, had to uh, disavow it. Uh, this was enough that Biden finally had to comment on it. Um, 
so you know, we led into the show by saying how would it affect the Democratic primary. I don't. Are we at risk of there being a Democratic primary, or were we before this even? I don't think so, right? I do think it's, it's gonna. I do think it's gonna be continual nuisance. I really do. I think he's gonna be around. Like he's got twenty percent right now. I'm not sure how much of that twenty percent is gonna be turned out by this. And it's like pretend that he's five percent. That's a lot, and that's a lot of people. And that means that RFK you know, might get on the ballot in the front of state. You know, there's all sorts of weird stuff that's gonna happen there. You, know, you asked about like what I commonly hear about RFK. One thing I commonly hear is, well, hey, he's right about something. And what I say to those people is, um, everybody's right about something. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, comes with some stuff Trump's right about. Yeah, it, like you know, the, the, somebody says the sky is blue, right? But there's, there's, here's my problem: there are many people you can go to to tell you the sky is blue. You don't need to go to RFK for that. And yes, he's talking about the pharmaceutical industry and their conflicts of interest. I'm sure he's right about a lot about that stuff. You know who's also right about a lot of that stuff? A ton of people. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, right? You go down the list, right? Tim Ryan. So like, you don't need RFK Jr. to tell you that kind of stuff. And even if you're like super on the scientific community screwed up COVID and we're overconfident narrative and all that. There are many, many serious scientists and thinkers who make those arguments that aren't also saying crazy stuff like this. And the crazy stuff is not an unrelated point. It all emanates from the same worldview, which is this guy's a pattern recognizing machine and he's just like constantly spinning theories to explain everything. This clip was instructive because you could take the most charitable reading of what he said and like, let's pretend that science says that COVID affects different races, uh, different, which is possible. I haven't looked into it that closely. Instead of being like, hey, that's just like what happens with viruses and you know, different races have different genetic makeups on the margins and that's probably relevant to COVID. You could imagine a progressive saying that, right? Uh, instead of just being like, hey, that's just like how both this disease evolved and how we evolved, he has to find a cabal that's responsible for it. Like, right. that's the most likely explanation for it, not the fact that, hey, like, evolution of both the virus and humans would dictate that this is just a possibility that we have to deal with. Also, like, it's a bioweapon. They did a pretty bad job of deploying it since they first deployed it in their country. And it killed <laughs> hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And we know that they they fudge those numbers and they keep them low, but like we know that a lot of Chinese people die. Um, so that's not to say that that doesn't cancel out the lab leak theory. That doesn't cancel out the idea that for whatever reason that it was potentially being engineered. But the idea that they like the idea that there's this high immunity when so many Chinese people died, and like I know Jewish people who died, um, it just drives me crazy because when they do this kind of stuff, you find yourself doing what I'm doing now, which is trying to debate it on the merits, which only makes it seem more real, which only like plays into the. Uh, it's very frustrating. It makes it harder to actually engage in good faith because the argument that you're making. Uh, lab leak theory was not handled correctly by the press or the public health establishment. I still continue to believe it is a very plausible theory. It looks like the Biden administration is warming up to that. I think just today they announced that they're pulling funding um, for certain cooperation with China because China has been stonewalling that investigation. 
and we can go down that rabbit hole. And so you could imagine, like, and this is what it gets to, like, the RFK, like, supporters. Like, I think one thing you could do to people who are RFK friends or flirting with them is to really understand that world of the lab leak theory. And I, and I think, you know, my opinion tends to be we don't know yet, and it's certainly very plausible that it emanated from a lab. And it's not like if, you're, if you listen to like Barry Weiss or somebody, they're going to think, they're going to tell you that it's like 100%. That is certainly not established, but it certainly is very likely. Very serious scientists believe it's very likely, and China certainly hasn't done anything to help, uh, you know, help us figure out the answer to that question. And so you can be like, look, I'm with you. That's crazy. And, I don't, and, and the public health establishment shut down a lot of discussion of this, and we could talk about why and whether those were good reasons or not. But you be like, yeah, that's terrible. It's a really important thing. We need to get to the bottom of it. But that doesn't mean you use engineered uh, a, a, the virus or that even the Chinese engineered it. Like, the, the most common version of lab leak theory and the most plausible one is that they were they were negligent and then they were embarrassed and they're an authoritarian country and they didn't want to own their mistake, which is what authoritarian countries, I mean, even democracies don't want to own their mistakes, but an authoritarian country should be particularly fickle about this kind of stuff. No, Robbie, the most plausible thing is that Israel and China yeah. <laughs> came up with it together and said, you know what we're going to do is, this will fix everything. Um, anyway. Uh, I guess if there's someone where he's going to lose support, I would imagine it would be among high-profile people who actually supported him. You know, the Jack Dorseys of the world, some of the, the so I haven't people. heard much from those people. Maybe you know. I haven't looked too much into it, but like David Sachs, Jack Dorsey, those people, uh, I think, as I think, are still supporting him. From what I can tell, when those folks support people, they do it very quietly anyway. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's money, and they, and they don't really do anything else. Um, you know, I mean, if you just look at the way Jack Dorsey's sort of public persona operates, it's, it's pretty low-key, right? Um, I think I told you that I, I went and met with him once uh, from Let America Vote, and I realized that he's a pretty diminutive fella, and I brought him the wrong size t-shirt, because he's from Missouri. And, uh, anyway, he was quite nice. He did not say much. Um, yeah. And uh, and so and I think because he is very hesitant to publicly engage in this kind of stuff, yeah. uh, he just sort of you know he invests. Uh, not unlike a lot of people, I guess you know, Koch brothers don't go out and make statements for the most part. Um, they just sort of invest. So I guess you have that on all sides of the game, you know. Um, but anyway, all right. Uh, with that, I guess we should go to another ad, and then we're going to talk about campaign finance stuff in this Republican primary? Yeah, and also this Tapper DeSantis interview as well, which is really fascinating. Oh, and we're I totally the forgot the about actor that. Strike as well. Uh, so yeah, let's go to our ads and then we'll come back with that. Tapper! Jack Tapper, tap tap. Majority 54 is sponsored by Blow Me. Uh, I have a family. How about Blow Me? It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's like made cooking at home even more fun. Grow a beautiful garden. Blow Me is perfect for you. Head to that was him on electability, very defensive on that, obviously going to his, his uh, results in Florida, which are, like, in a, if he is running a good campaign, that would matter a lot more than it does right now. The problem is, his stumbles, I think, I think made him look like he was pushing and, like, kind of reinforced narrative, like, hey, like, you're operating in one state. I'm concerned about... Conversation. Uh, I'm concerned that he apparently has some 
Trump staffers, and um, he's working with Steve Bannon on his campaign. I wonder if I can write that. Advising him. point. Thanks for to a five K. Hashtag politics, politics, politics go. We like politics, politics, politics girl. Politics, politics. We like, do you hear those little squeaking? They're quiet now, but anyway. Trump staffers working on his campaign. Apparently Steve Bannon is in, okay, here's a message. I'm concerned that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has Trump staffers working on his campaign, and apparently Steve Bannon is advising him. He's also described as a darling of the right for his controversial ideas about vaccines, which I will investigate in my podcast. Thanks for 205K Politics AF. Okay. And I'm putting that on Christopher Prez. Politics, politics, we like politics, girl. I've seen crazier things happen and people take fire, and I think especially if if he could somehow become a different person over the next few months, we would come across <laughs> a little bit people take fire, and I think especially if he could guy to, to watch, even if you agree with some of the things he's saying. This card. It's a little bit cover. I still think there's a positive. Okay. Let's go. I'm gonna make a clip of his comments. Range. Decide for yourself. What RFK Jr. is saying is that uh, there are bioweapons being developed that target people ethnically, so that he's being held back. We're not gonna. Uh, I'm supposed but I won't name. Said to me, uh, not, who listens to this show? Said to me not long ago. They were like, you know. I know it's not popular to say this, but so far, most of the things I've read RFK Jr. say, I'm like, not that crazy. And I'm like, so then of course I'm like, well, he's the one who said this, and he's the one who said this, and they're like, yeah, that's a little crazy, but I know people who aren't crazy who think those things. And then this I happened. Know, I think I might know what you're talking about. Uh, but the, so, to know, and, you know, and these are not like lowly people, some of them. And this includes the former Michigan GOP co-chair, um, Sean Maddock, <laughs> Kathy Cohen, who's a member of the RNC, 
uh, there's like a Rona McDaniel ally. I think that might be there's McDaniel. Ally. So it's like, you know, it's like these are a lot of these are serious or like more prominent. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like the the level of activism of people who are like on the state committee. Usually, like they're activists, but they're like. I'm in politics, you know what I mean? Uh, so, I guess I guess not. I mean, I think... Look, I have, all of these people are participating in the genuine attempted food. Those are no babies. They're yeah. little hybrid they chickies. They're like Samanis and Yokohamas. It's, so, it, it, it's weird. Like, it doesn't matter. I almost think in some ways some of these people are worse. Uh, because they're... You know, it's, it's one of those people who showed up at the Capitol... Hi, little guy. Are you okay, huh? 